Hello and welcome to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human and this is the I'm not a bug episode. I'm all out of sorts because I'm not even in my studio right now. I'm just at the kitchen table, which is fine, but there might be a little bit of background noise. Apologies in advance. Our street is kind of busy. West Hollywood, where we live in Los Angeles, is kind of like New York. It's really walkable, but right in the middle of everything so it can be loud sometimes you know it is what it is but the reason i am at my kitchen table is because we have now jam-packed that studio with the studio slash closet with all of our puppies a million toys and the crate and just really anything he could possibly need or want so there's not even room to fit myself in the studio right now But that said, we are getting our puppy in two days. I am basically numb just waiting for our puppy. I'm just over the moon. I cannot wait. We get him on Friday, November 18th. And that day is basically going to be the best day of my life because that night, my sister and I go see Lizzo in concert. I'm obsessed with Lizzo and it's just going to be the best day ever. Speaking of Lizzo, I highly recommend checking out Lizzo's Big Girls. It's a show on Amazon. I seriously could not believe how amazing the show was. Bo and I watched it and we were like crying every episode. I mean, I don't know about Bo, but Bo Bo was loving it. I was crying every every episode. Yeah, this was the only um, reality TV show I've ever seen that had like 10 girls in a house and there was little extremely little to no drama it was so uplifting and positive everyone was just encouraging each other cannot sing its praises enough go check it out um okay with all of this to say i have some sad news um this is going to be a really long intro apparently so buckle up (laughs) um Yeah, I have some sad news. It's going to be the season finale today. This is the last episode of season one. Um, Thank you all so, so much for listening this far. I really am totally humbled and honored that I got to do this. It was such a fun creative outlet for me just to speak to a lot of my friends and some people I didn't know that well and now I feel like I know them a lot better. I learned a ton about myself and about the world in general just from doing this and I am just going to take a break for the holidays, spend time with my family, spend time with my new puppy. I don't even know um, when season two is going to launch. I'm just going to feel it out in the new year, but I will obviously announce it when that time comes. Thank you for listening and thank you for your feedback. I It means so much to me. But don't stop listening yet. Please keep listening to this episode because I am ending on an excellent one. If I do say so myself, I'm talking to my friend Brianna Hennington, who I've known for almost 10 years. Brianna and I met at camp and Brianna and I shared a cabin with probably eight to 10 other girls. And it was a tiny, tiny, tiny cabin. Like if you saw it from the outside, you would not believe that 10 girls were sleeping in that and we would always you know go on each other's bunks and talk about her day and she is so incredible y'all are going to love her um basically 
We laugh a lot in this episode, and so hopefully it'll make you laugh too. A lot of it is us just being friends and shooting the shit and having a convo, and sometimes those are my favorite, but we really do get into some deep topics. Brianna started a nonprofit called 411 in Texas. I've linked the info in the description. Definitely check out the website. It's unbelievable how it got started so naturally and organically. I don't want to give too much away because I'd really love for y'all to hear the details of it from Brianna. So I will let her tell you all about it. But I'm pretty sure you all will be amazed just like I am at how it started with basically only Brianna and now so many more people are involved. And then Brianna also knows sign language. She is extremely passionate about the deaf community, so we really dive into that, how she got going with sign language and became an ally. I think that's everything. Um, Gosh, I feel kind of sad wrapping this up um, just because I don't know when the next time is that I will be on here. Um, I think just any time a good thing ends for a season, you know, even if it's the right thing for me, it still can be hard to just kind of let go of something, um, even if it's just for a season. Well, that's all for now. Please enjoy Brianna Hennington. Your little picture that comes up is so cute. Gosh, it's me and my niece. Thanks. She's so cute. Wait, how many nieces do you have or nephews? I just have one niece and one nephew. All I can afford, honestly. I just had them for the weekend last weekend, and they're like, that's all I can financially afford and like mincing afford. <laughs> they are literally like mini knees. <laughs> Ran, I took like this like little um jump house like trampoline thing and so this little girl was like oh hi Raina and I was like oh she just started uh, first grade like, oh it's like this is a friend and she's like that's mm, just another fan and I was like oh cool she she doesn't have friends just fans who follow just her fans. around I was like wow this is me at six this is reminding me of a debate between you and me because I was going to ask you do you enjoy the ant life <laughs> and I remember you you're like no it's not I ants. do not because it's not an ant I am not an insect <laughs> they call me aunt Bree. <laughs> you just don't respond when someone says how do you like being no. an ant you're like no, I'm not an ant I'm, I'm, I'm not a bug <laughs> and it's, it's only white people who say that and I don't understand like, what is totally wrong with y'all that you were calling each other insects? Like, why do y'all think this is okay? It's a good point. I mean, it is a bug. So, and it, you don't even spell in the same way. That's true. There's I, a U. pronouncing the U. I just wish that if we're going to call that role an unt, I wish it was spelled U-N-T because I still feel like it's confusing with the A. Like both of them don't really make sense to me. How would you pronounce A-U-N-T? Like ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I think my Arkansan really came out there. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I refuse to be referred to as a bud. I just have a little more self-respect. <laughs> That is fair. That is fair. Well, cheers. You have wine. Cheers. Uh, cheers. I am really sad we were not doing this in person, but virtual have to work. Yeah, my work schedule has just been, they've had me all over the place. So I'm you've both. been traveling so much. Yeah, I have been having a goal to travel somewhere once a month. 
my wallet does not agree with this, but like my free spirit wanderlust does. Just living it up. I'm trying. How was your birthday? It was good. It was fun. It was, and I always do like these, these group trips with like 10 to 12 different people that are the same 12 people I've always been with. Like we all been friends since like middle school and high school. I think this was the first year and I was like, maybe this is the last like big trip. It was fun. But I was like, this is just, it's a lot of like, we're all older and travel different now. And like, you know, everyone's in different spaces. And I was like, I think um, I'm just gonna have to make some cuts. <laughs> yeah, I saw a TikTok of girls trip in your 20s. And it was like 10 p.m. Are y'all ready to start pre-gaming? <laughs> And then it was like, girls trip in your 30s, 10 p.m. Are you guys ready to go to bed? You know? that, no, that is, I mean, I think the first time we got there was like the night before my birthday. So we're all, we're like, you just saw us. We all were like rubbing our eyes at 10 o'clock. Like, okay, we got to, you know, we got to ring it in in Mexico. I think we were at the club for maybe an hour and then rung it in at 12. I think by 1230, I was like, <clears throat> I'm tired. Oh, I know. Do you have plans to come to California soon or no? Yes, I think the weekend after ACL. I'm looking at my calendar. Um, but I have tickets for the ACL weekend, week one. So I think the weekend after I'm planning on coming. You know, I love California. So I'm like, it's been months and how dare I've gone this long without going. Yes, you got to come hang. One of these days, you're going to move here. Eventually. I am. I am. <laughs> it will yeah. happen. I'm coming. I've been saying this for... I think three years at this point, I'm coming. I have to move. I have to. You absolutely have to. I mean, you have built-in best friends. Yes, everything I need. It's been years since we've known each other. I think we're on going on year 10. Year 10? Oh my gosh. Wait, what? Year year nine and year 10. Or we just, I think we just completed year nine. Yes, that's right. We're going on year 10. That's that's exactly right. Because I can count from my anniversary with Bo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, because we just hit our sixth year and we dated three years before that. So we essentially, you're right, we okay. hit nine. Oh, nine, okay, yeah. That really is wild. Like, because camp, I mean, it seems far away in a sense. It seems very far, but then at the same time, it feels like I'm not that far away from college age. Right, no, same. I know, it's wild. And also because like, I feel like, I only have maybe you and then Samantha or like just two people from camp that I like consistently talk with. Like everyone else is like, you know, through Instagram. I'm like, how are you doing? Miss you. But you know, yada, yada, yada. Half time I don't really miss them. Don't put that. Oh, you can't put that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Half time I'm like, sure, whatever. I miss you too. But like <laughs> Samantha, like <laughs> the only two where I'm like, oh, wow, these are like friendships that I've had and like genuinely love and like hope I keep for another 10 plus years everyone else I'm like I cannot even tell you what you're doing in life I know we kind of dream about one day where we just have everybody in a room and we can see what everybody's up to what stage in life they're in but maybe we could choose to like become invisible and we don't have to actually engage yes. with everybody yes okay but say if I cannot engage with everyone then that would be perfect. It's similar to high, a high school reunion where it's like, there's going to be people that would be really fun to see. And then there'd be people that'd be like, I'm good. Count me out unless I am a fly on the wall or just kind of FaceTime me in. Yeah. Overall, it was fun for me, but I think there's stuff that I'm like, 
looking back like oh man that was <laughs> yeah yeah you're telling me <laughs> yeah was that your first experience where you were like thrown into a situation where it was like literally the only person of color uh, literally yes and I yes yes you didn't know like what you were walking into no I had no I just you know I went to Franco like twice growing up um on like you know those little scholarship things and you know it was fun I was clueless and I always had a I always brought a friend with me and it was always a black friend so like there was never like a realization but I'm by myself it was like oh this person that I brought with me isn't we're gonna go through this go through this together so I think I was like oh this is really me by myself in the first time being a minority where there's no one for me to talk to about this there was one guy I don't remember his name anymore but I only remember because Chris Sherrod loves to bring up the like our group picture where it's like me directly in the middle just it was like by like height and I'm like front row in the middle and then surrounded by white people. And he thinks it's, it's hilarious to look at. And then there's like the one, one black guy in the very back, but he's like covered with like a shadow because of the tree. So you can't even like really see him. Oh, God, what a great time. That could be like the intro to get out. It 100% could because I was, yeah, I don't know anyone here. And this is a lot of white people. That would be so jarring to not have one other person who you could just kind of look at across the room. That's it. Like, I just want to look at someone and be like, oh, like you get me. Like, do you, you get it. You feel exhausted too because I feel so exhausted. I mean, now looking back into it, I'm like, oh, this was miserable and some sort of trauma of like, I'm isolated. No one's understanding what I'm going through. I don't know if you ever read the book. It's called, um, why do all the black kids sit together in the cafeteria? No, I heard that's okay. really good. It's a real, yeah, love that book. One of my favorite books to recommend, but basically just talks about, well, not, but one couple of chapters is like how you, anyone will go towards someone that either looks like them, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, there, this is the first time in my life where I can't naturally gravitate to anyone that I feel comfortable with or like looks like me or black people we can give each other like one nod or whatever I'm like ah cool yeah yeah yeah. I'm going towards you like that's all I need is a nod and so I think day one was probably the hardest because it was a day of like realization of like here I am for six weeks I'm going to be there's no really backing out of this and miserable um and then I think the more I started like you know me I'm a very outspoken person I, I say my opinion it doesn't matter um, and when I can't say my opinion, that drives me crazy. And knowing like there were times where I feel like my opinion, I should have spoken up, but I didn't want to because I didn't be, be seen as this angry black woman or like, you know, any stereotype that these random white people who are from the South have. And I was like, cool, cool. I can't even speak up saying myself feel comfortable because now I have to think about like, what are they going to think of me? And I have to be here for another you know, five weeks, and you hear these crazy stories of like, you know, black people in the woods, white people, and then they, black people die. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not about to be the one die because I spoke up. I'm just gonna play it cool. And yeah, it's like way too big of a risk because there's very slim chance that they'll even understand what you're talking oh, about. No, you know but what I mean? no one's gonna understand. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, Percy, you know <laughs> that sucks. And then turn back around, like, this is not going, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them. Um, that reminds me of Bo. He was a background actor and he was just on like random sets for a job one time. And he noticed that all the background actors, they had different like costumes. So he was on, he was on Glow. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. 
Okay, so he was on Glow, and it's like a wrestling show. So okay. there are people dressed like wrestlers, and then there were people dressed like fans in the crowd. And then I think there was like a referee group or something. Yeah. And when it was time to break and it was just time for free time, all these random people, no one had ever met each other before. They disperse into their same groups of the costumes they were wearing. And so I thought that was so fascinating because it was like you were saying before of they just wanted to go into their group of, yeah. hey, we, we look alike because like we have yeah. these same costumes that we're wearing. Just having like another referee in the group was comforting. Yeah, I think it, it, it I mean, even that book I was telling you about, it, like it talks about like just of, I may not even know who this person is, but knowing this person has, has had the same struggle with me makes it more comfortable like in the college like I remember my first you know first day of college I always scanned the room and whatever black person was there I would go sit you know a couple of seats behind them in front of them next to them whatever and I'm like if something happens I know you have my back um but this is something comfortable being with someone or around someone that looks like you has some sort of the same experience as you for sure for sure um this is totally random tangent but I want to make sure I don't forget to talk about Parent Trap yes please, <laughs> please uh, you know that's my go-to movie <laughs> I know so wait how many times do you think you've seen it um, I just watched it last week so uh, and I also just bought um I wish I still had it. I drink it but the wine that they have I bought it I saw it on at Twin Liquors but the wine that they drink like um when they first the day that they met the parents yeah I probably seen that movie at least 300 times like not even exaggerating it doesn't get old no it doesn't I I can quote it front to back like it just that is like that's my go-to like comfort movie um I watch it every October 10th because it's their birthday like it's like a routine I'm like oh, gotta wake up gotta watch Parent Trap <laughs> wait I thought it was October 11th no you're right sorry <laughs> oh, I just caught you <laughs> I'm a fake are you fan. a true fan? Are you? True? I know that I'm a fake fan. Anyways, cut that out. <laughs> you wish. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have actual proof that I'm a bigger fan of Parent Trap than you. Get out of here. <laughs> Whatever, fine. <laughs> I want to be a Meredith Blake for Halloween or something. You should. Get like a big floppy like black hat and like some black sunglasses. That would be perfect. Yeah, I was thinking either that look or I could do the look of her camping. Camping? Yes. Honestly, if you look if you watch that as an adult, like she she was a villain, but like she really wasn't the villain. Like, um, I'm sorry, if I was engaged to someone and you didn't tell me you had a daughters who were a twin and who you don't even see this other child and then you all of a sudden they show up and they're tricking me I'm acting a crazy I'm acting crazy too absolutely not and they had an established relationship until yeah. the girls came in and ruined it you gotta feel for her a little bit also I just love Elizabeth James like it's to the point where like my if I ever have children one of their middle names is gonna be James just because I, I love her and just the energy that she brings and she's kind of like eh, whatever I love her she's so down to earth effortlessly chic and cool yes and I'm like wow if I was ever to want to be a white woman it would be her <laughs> <laughs> me too honestly <laughs> Elizabeth James for sure <laughs> okay I want to talk about your nonprofit. yes so tell me how you got started with it and then we'll just go from, from there. there cool yeah okay 
And so it's called um, the 401. And well, it's called Bridge East Temple. It's in Temple, Texas, which is about an hour north of Austin, maybe. Yeah, it's north. We're going north. I'm really bad at directions. But the hour north of Austin. So I went to college in Belton, which is like 10 minutes outside of Temple. And uh, I had a like family friend's nanny for called um, her name is Kim and her husband's name is Jeff. And they, um, we all kind of, me and Kim got along really well after like babysitting with her just about like social justice. And we were in a book club for like racial stuff. Um, and then there was like a group of kids that sounds really creepy, um, but like a group of black boys um, at a park in Temple that just were always there like late at night, really never eating. So we would kind of just come with like boxes of pizza and have to like just give them, it, it sounds really creepy give them food whatever it doesn't sound <laughs> creepy <laughs> like here we are two strange like oh you want food here you go little kid um but we would just feed them and like just you know fellowship and like talk to them and get to know them for a couple years um, and that was just our little like you know thing we would do I'll go with her to like this park and we would just um sit there with these kids and eat and talk um and then this was like the summer or right before the summer of me graduating and I was like dusting my hands of Temple. I want nothing to do with this town. I hate this town. Again, bunch of white people. And I was like, I, I, I want to leave. I'm ready to be done. And then her and her husband found this house. And she was like, you know, at that time, we had been having a lot of the kids call of like, you know, just either mom or dad or like somewhere passed out drunk or just, you know, things like that where they need somewhere to stay. And so we kind of would help them. So Kim and her husband bought this house. I'm like, you know, and with the thoughts of like, someone can live here like an adult obviously and when they whenever these kids need somewhere safe to stay like they can stay here and so that was just going to be all it was going to be and I was like that sounds like a great idea good for y'all like you know I'm leaving in three months but like this sounds great I'm laughing because I know that's not how it turned out <laughs> not at all You're like but, I don't uh, want any part of it that, that thing, I was like this sounds you know I was very trying to be as hands-off as possible of like yeah this sounds like super great like you know um and then you know little things just start to come in place people will just start kind of donating to the house and then um Chip and Joanne James Jane uh, Gaines wow Chip and Joanna Gaines did this like scholarship fundraiser thing basically where you send this 30 second video um, about like your dream, whatever. And they will, if you win, they fund it. So maybe a couple hours before like the um, scholarship thing was like ending, we sent in this video. They contact, contact us the next day saying like we're finalists and they want us to fly us to Waco. And we're like, you know, we're in Temple, which is like a 45 minute drive from Waco. Like there's no need to... <laughs> flies out but they like okay well we'll pay for you know dinner if you to meet Kim her husband and at the time um two of our volunteers Marcus and Dion and then like the kids are part of this program so we go there and we end up winning um and I think we won forty thousand dollars so we went back and so we know we're knocking down the house and having the kids come and they're you know just we redid the entire house building things and doing a garden, just teaching the kids, I'm like, this is, this is your house. So like, we want y'all to feel ownership of this and be proud of this. So you're going to do this garden. You're going to help us knock these walls down. You're going to help us paint and da, da, da. Like, what do you want this room to be? And then, and then people just started to donate, like, oh, we can do the lighting. We can do the, we can do the roof for you. For, and everything was for free. We didn't touch this money really that uh, we won. It just was the community was like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Um, 
then talks of like a nonprofit. And I was like, I'm leaving. I don't want anything to do with this. Like, you know, I think this is a great idea for y'all. And then, you know, here I am now as a nonprofit. It's called the 401. Um, and it's for boys. It's for boys ages nine and up. Um, it's just like a mentor program of like teaching boys how, you know, just there's just more to life than sports and rapping and things like that, which is what their community or I mean, our community kind of just shows boys of like either you're, either you're successful being a rapper or, you know, playing sports. And like, if you want to be a doctor, we're going to find a black doctor in town or somewhere who's going to come and like talk to you and mentor you. Of like, here are the steps you need to be taking. If you want to be a barber, then great. We're going to find a barber. And we're going to figure out, you know, what you'd be doing or a mechanic. There's just so many other ways you'd be successful other than selling drugs, rapping, or um, playing sports. And so we have, you know, dinners. Pre-pandemic, we were having dinners every Wednesday where the um, boys would come and cook for their, you know, they invite their parents and their family. And they would cook a meal and dress up nice. And they have, you know, lockers where they keep their stuff. And they have like, because there are kids who do enjoy rapping. So we don't want to take away their passion. We just want to show them there's other options. So we have like a little recording studio in the room uh, in one of the rooms where they can go and like record little, not little, I don't want to demise that, but like they can record raps and things like that. Um, Yeah, that's all of it in one little quick nutshell. That is just so fantastic. You start doing it in such a small way where you're like taking care of these kids. You're just bringing them food and hanging out with them and just being there for them at the park. And then who would have thought that it just transferred into this incredible program? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's frustrating at times. Obviously anything you do is frustrating, but it also is so worth it. And this is a really fun thing to just kind of get them out of their normal routine of school, hang out their own crowd until my parents come home. Then I go home, eat, maybe not eat, and then start school getting in trouble. So then we're also involved in schools where we're going for lunch with them and we're going to do this and, you know, just, you know, checking in every once in a while by kind of just popping up. It's like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Or your teacher called me and da, da, da. just having that so unaccountable and, you know, they pretend to hate it, but they, you know, they love it. And I remember a couple years ago, I had one kid who I was constantly on him of like, get it together. Like he just was, I just love him so much. Like, you know, you need to get it together. Like you're at this point, like you're, you're too old for this. Like, what do we, what do we need to be doing? And we got into a huge like argument one day. He's like, you're not my mom. And da, da, da. And like, you know, a couple of days later, after he came to my house with flowers. Like, I'm sorry. And I love you. Like, I appreciate everything you're doing. We're now working on doing another one for girls because, you know, we have girls try to come here all the time. And it's like, this is for boys. I'm like, why? That sucks. You know, whatever. So we are in the midst of just kind of figure out what that looks like and how to do another one for girls in Temple. But I love it. And I love these boys. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of success stories with these kids. And it's just kind of cool to see, like you said, like, you know, at one point, this was just us creepily going to a park with pizza and just talking to these kids and taking them swimming and you know whatever and now like they have a house where they can you know feel comfortable and they feel safe and they can show up with you know at any time of the day where if whether it's mom's out drunk or dad whatever whatever the issue is they have somewhere to feel safe and so it's just it's like a really beautiful thing to see it come full circle even though I had no interest of like having any attachment to Temple after graduation and now here I am you know almost there a couple times a month. 
you think you want something but then yeah. you actually don't want that mm-hmm. like you know what I mean yeah and I cannot imagine my life now if like not being part of this I love how you just kind of breeze past how you won the competition <laughs> <laughs> like and we and... games and we won and we won forty thousand dollars and I have a really hard time my friends make fun of me with this all the time of like I say things that are like good things and like you just say it as if you say like my favorite color is purple it's so <laughs> like oh well it, you know yeah it's like oh yeah um I won this competition for <laughs> I'm like hold on we need to take in that moment like whoa that's a huge deal every time I see um Joanna Gaines on a magazine like at the grocery store I always think of you I'm like that is just so we're badass. besties <laughs> yeah you and joanna just hanging out lunch yeah <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, the programming of teaching them how to garden and how to just work on the house and do chores that sort of thing that just goes such a long way i mean oh, yeah i feel like life is so much more about the little things like learning how to take care of yourself how to take care of your space how to connect with people. For sure. I mean, I learned how to garden through this because I didn't know what the hell I was doing with gardening. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what did you all here say? So, I mean, it's fun because I'm also learning a lot of different things and like cooking and things like that nature. Um, but it's just, it's like how to shake a hand and like making eye, like there's like things that need to be driven with these, in these boys that they don't have anyone to teach them. Like when you shake a hand, you make eye contact. And like, when you do this, you do this. And now like to see them out and about with different people and again we you know try to do things with, out in public where they're able to it's easy to go to your friend like you know shake their hand and make eye contact and um, but take them out to like public it's like okay you know here we are in this nice setting where you need to be in a suit and da 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 so that you know the first time they are in a suit and making eye contact with someone and someone white they're not like freaking out it's not like a big deal it's like oh this is a part of my norm where I can go up there and shake this man's hand, make eye contact, and I feel confident in myself that I know what I'm talking about and doing. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's really cool. And I'm excited to kind of see what this um, girl one looks like. I'm not really one to um, have love hanging out with lots of girls. <laughs> lots of <laughs> this is gonna be interesting, middle school but, girls. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Um, but <laughs> no, the girls already that we know when involved are amazing and great. And I'm excited to kind of see where this takes off as well. That just must be the most rewarding thing ever just to watch the transformation happen. I mean, I'm just in awe of you for really sticking with it and starting it. Do you still have your job as um, your social worker, right? Yeah, I now am doing tech recruiting um, okay. just because... Um, if I'm being transparent, there's just there's no money in doing Isn't anything. That so bad. Yeah, yeah. There's no money. I won't go on a whole soapbox about this. Um, but there's just no money in doing anything that's like not to say my job isn't like changing lives. I guess I'm giving people jobs, but like what I was doing before, like working with foster care and working with deaf children and you know, ABA, so like working with autistic children, like there's just no money in that and like really changing people's lives and financially and emotionally I was like I just can't do this any longer um but so now I'm part of like a program called CASA which is like a it's called um or it stands for core appointed special advocate so I have a little deaf girl who's in foster care system and I basically go to court every month with her and advocate for her 
um, of like where I think she needs to be. I talk to her teachers, I talk to her counselor, I talk to, you know, having to their parents. So I try to still, because those are still my passions. And I think I just had to come to a realization of like, I can be passionate about a community and not work for them. Mm, yeah. I like nice things. Yeah. <laughs> I like traveling every month and I can't do that doing what I was doing. Um, that makes me so mad. Like, but that's how it's set up. Yeah, it sucks. I'm like, I'm making good money sitting on my computer going through LinkedIn. And like, I'm like, this is mind blowing. But when I'm like talking with a child who has no one else to communicate with, but me, because they're surrounded by people who are hearing and don't know ASL, I'm making no money. And it's not about money, but you know, in the world that we live in, I need to pay bills. Yeah, I can't do that in my passion. So I just have been trying to find that balance of being passionate about what I what I love and what I want to do and like having a job that pays bills and what's that middle ground. Um, so I just try and find a lot, a lot of volunteer things. Like I've mentored a couple of deaf kids because that is really like my passion is deaf children and diversity. But yeah, it sucks. It's just so backwards how it's set up. Well, I'm proud of you for making the move and Thanks. doing what you need to do and take care of yourself. Um, so tell me again, like when did you learn about ASL and yeah. how did you get interested in sign language? This is like my favorite story to tell because again, it's one of those stories where I... This is starting to come a pattern. Now I'm looking at it. I was like, I have no interest in this. And then all of a sudden it's my life. Next um, time that happens when you have no interest in something. Yes. Please remind me of like, oh, this is going to become a big part of you. Yes. Because again, I'm a freshman in college. At the time, my major was special education. So I needed a foreign language. And I was like, ah, oh, Spanish I've been doing since middle school. So like, oh, I'll do ASL. Like, it should come helpful and with like special needs like and that was really it so I get there day one my professor is deaf had no idea we have an interpreter and I'm like oh okay cool 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 like this is fine day two interpreter's not there and it's just my deaf professor he's just signing and I was like what the fuck is this and I am that person I'm well I was that person I'm trying not to be that person anymore if like if something doesn't come easy to me I'm like see ya no thank you um so I was like okay I have no interest in this and I was like yeah fuck this I'm withdrawing from class I go to my professor's office and like we're writing back and forth because I don't even know my alphabet in ASL at this point um and I'm like hey I'm withdrawing from the class can you sign this paper and he just put no period and I was like <laughs> okay I think you, you you misheard me sign my paper because I'm withdrawing from this class and he just was like no and I was like, so we're, I mean, we're going back and forth. And I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't want to be in here. And he's like, I just, you know, see so much potential in you. I'm like, no, yeah, fuck you. You don't because I sit in the back of the class on my phone the entire time. Like, there's just no way. And he's like, just trust me. Like, trust me. Like, I, I just have this feeling. And he's like, just stay for the semester. If you hate it, you know, then so be it. Don't come back. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. At that time, I had to have my, my professor sign. Like, he's not going to sign. So whatever. I'll just stick with it and sit in the back of class on my phone. And so maybe a month or two later, we go to Texas School for the Deaf, which is in Austin for like a field trip or whatever. And at this time I had learned like, you know, a few signs, how are you doing? I'm hearing, whatever, basic signs, like learning Spanish of like, where's the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. And so we go to this kindergarten class and I had this little cute little kindergarten boy talks to me, oh, are you deaf? Are you hearing? And he's signing and I sign what I'm hearing. And he like just looks at me, he's like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Um, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean that you, like, I was, it's one of those things where it just hit me of like, 
okay, everything that I've learned in this class is like the deaf community is proud. They have their own traditions and morals and community. It just kind of like hit me all at one time in this kindergarten classroom where this little kindergarten boy is like rubbing my hand, apologizing to me because I can hear. And I just was like, I'm like trying to, you know, I mean, I'm not even a crier. And I'm like, God, what is going on? What's coming out of my eyes? Um, and so kind of was like, you know, okay, that just kind of changed my perspective. Like, let me just go back and kind of just pay attention more in class and like put an effort towards this. Fast forward and I'm paying attention. I'm just kind of like falling in love with this, the community, um, just the stories of the movies that we're watching. And I'm like, oh, like more depth to it than I thought. Um, and then a year later, it changed my major. Um, I studied Honduran language in Honduras for eight months. Um, did some classes at Gallaudet University, which is in DC, um, which is a deaf university. So I was there, like one of the only hearing kids there for like summer programs. I would much rather hang out with deaf people than hearing people any day. They're very uh, community oriented and just like very also nosy. I remember one time I was sick and my professor was like, oh, I was I telling I was sick and I was like telling him, sorry, I didn't come to class. I was sick. And at this point, I have my ASL has like improved. And he was like, oh, were you throwing up? I'm like, yeah, I said, what color was it? And I was like, um, <laughs> I don't think I want to tell you what color my throw up was. But he was like, <laughs> like you know, the deaf community, like we're, we're interested because we're going, oh, if it's this color, then maybe this means that, right. you know, it's just like more informative of like us being nosy. But yeah, just another story where I did not want to do it. And now here I am, you know, nine years later. And <laughs> it's such a big part of your life. That's a big part of my life. That is incredible. So Bo like had an event at one of the school of deaf in California. Yeah. And he was looking for a vacuum and he was like trying to find someone trying to say, how do you sign vacuum in ASL or whatever? And um, it's someone like, just goes yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. It's literally <laughs> the movement. That. He's like, oh, <laughs> cool cool <laughs> yeah literally just move your hand like a vacuum it's literally like the movement of you vacuuming yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, uh, I have a funny story to tell because you can cut this out with too long but like I said I was super involved with the deaf community so I convinced like our school president we had I went to a Baptist college boo um but like we um had chapel every Wednesday and we always had the, some random white speaker come and I was like determined that I was gonna, we're going to have like a deaf speaker one one Wednesday and a white, black speaker one Wednesday, whatever. So I had this whole thing planned out with our president, convinced him to let us have a deaf speaker. So he lets me do it, whatever. So chapel time, I, I was like, I want to like introduce a speaker. Um, She's like this deaf woman who wrote a book about how she adopted this little deaf girl. She, the woman, her name is Brandi Weiris. She basically was born hearing and then became deaf because she got sick. So I'm like, like 50 deaf people in front of me and then like 300 people from like UMHB like in chapel. And I was doing this for like the next three chapel sessions. And so my first one, I'm like super nervous and I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm in ASL two at this point. So I'm like, I was really bold about doing this, but like, you know, I'm here I am signed to all these deaf people. We had an interpreter there. So I was going to, like, I'm just going to get there. I'm signing. So to the deaf people and then an interpreter is going to talk to like the hearing people. So I'm signing about this woman who or was hearing became deaf and I went to sign the I went to sign like she emerged herself in the deaf community, but I signed she hoarded herself through the deaf community. <laughs> 
and everyone's mouth like dropped my interpreter like caught it quickly and like you know they will there was no one hearing knew what I was talking about but like I like I I mean like tears just are coming down my face and I'm like oh my god she could want to say like wow I've never been in it and she's so nice I've never been introduced this way before (laughs) oh my gosh and then I saw her like five years later in Austin and she's like this is the girl who called me a whore (laughs) wait I'm so glad she was cool with it and like oh yeah she was I mean cracking up and I had met her before, like right, me right before, and I, you know, assigned to her that this is I'm only in ASL two, like you know, like my slang's not great. She's like, oh, you're doing great, you know, like you're doing really well for ASL two. So of course, gave me the confidence that I need. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna get there. I'm just gonna like sign so fluently, and I just was like going, and then yeah, I called her a whore. She's probably told that story. So oh many yeah. Times. Oh, hundred percent. And my professor, he still works at UHB, and he says he tells that story all the time of like, okay, be careful of like. There's just so many signs. Like I remember one day he was telling me that this girl in our class was shy. This is sign for shy. This is prostitute. And I thought he signed prostitute. And I'm like, how do you know this? And he's like, how do you not know? And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, she never talks. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. And then he's like, oh wait, what do you think I mean? I'm like, you call her a prostitute. He's like, no, I called her shy. Anyways, but there's so many signs where it's like one little movement can change the entire thing. But she was super cool with it um thankfully and now still sees me and makes it like a huge joke and I'm like cringing on the inside you really lucked out that she was cool (laughs) could you imagine (laughs) yeah someone else like that you know someone (laughs) just grew up tight that would have made them like very uncomfortable (laughs) yeah oh for sure yeah that is great wait didn't you say that um coda wasn't very well received with the uh, community or yeah, wait what yeah. were your thoughts on coda okay so i think as a person who you know i also am an ally of the deaf community i'm not really a part of the deaf community people call me like hearing but which just means like i'm hearing but i have deaf whatever but like it's like being an ally for like people of color we're like you know but you know you don't know but so from my deaf my personal opinion was i thought it was a great movie and i also saw a lot of flaws in it so then for like talking to my deaf friends, they all feel the same way of like, if you don't know the deaf community and deaf culture, this movie was amazing. Like the best thing, it was beautiful. It was like, you know, showcased the deaf community and deaf culture and like what's like being Coda, which is child of deaf adult and like the struggles that they have. But when you actually know the deaf community and if you had someone who was deaf, like really writing this and involved and they had deaf actors, which was kind of weird to me of like, why they didn't push for more but you know also like you're given given you're being given this chance and so it's one of those things where you don't push for too much um and so it just they're just like the coda girl the girl who played the coda was not a real coda and I'm like there's just so many different codas in this world that you could have found to like play a coda some of the signing was like off of like the girl and just it just wasn't realistic and like certain things were like if a deaf person drops some or if someone drops something and the deaf person's like turning I'm like there's just that deaf person did not hear that unless this thing like made the biggest vibration on the ground but like me dropping a glass behind this deaf person there's no way it just was very over exaggerated and I was like uh okay but if you know nothing about the deaf community great movie right. it was a good like intro of like there needs to be more movies like this um, I have like a bookshelf full of deaf movies that were made in like the 90s that are not great. There's like a deaf Freaky Friday. There's just so many. I mean, they're not great. Right. Um, so like this like is the, a good. 
the quality of production yeah like it's awful yeah, yeah it's trash like I the christian movies <laughs> and be like laugh yeah <laughs> um but it just so it's a good intro of like this needs to be happening like we need to have more movies where they're showcasing deaf talent but the movie itself could have just been so much better and so much more involved in the deaf community but I do think it was a good start yeah it was like a bridge you know yeah, but yeah, yeah. not quite yeah I'm like ah so it was an almost yeah it was like I was like oh I see what you're trying but like we we didn't hit it great and try. someone who was like an ally and I'm seeing it like I can only imagine the deaf community like what the fuck is this I mean they missed so much stuff that they could have really like expanded on about the deaf community um and then deaf culture alone is a beautiful separate thing and it's just it's, yeah 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 it's I, frustrating too because obviously one movie probably can't encapsulate right exactly all elements and all the layers of representing deaf communities I agree and I mean like I said there was a lot of deaf actors on there but I think it's one of those things where one Marley Matten was in there and she's very controversial in the deaf community alone so I think that just kind of was like mm. but also like you know, here we are, the people who are getting, they're finding getting a movie, so you don't want to ask for too much, because, you know, then they're going to cancel, or whatever it is, so I, you know, I, I, I see both ways of, like, hey, this is what we got, and we, you know, went with it, but I was glad to see all the awards that they won, um, like I said, I think this is a really, a, a great step in the right direction, whatever that saying is, um, yeah. I'd love for there to be, like, because I think, um, similar with Black actors, and I mean, really, just any, person of color when it comes to movies there's so many movies like 12 years a slave that doesn't count you know what I mean it's like no 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 we just need like a James Bond yes yes it does not need to be a movie about black trauma exactly Uh, yeah I will get on a whole soapbox about that in the sense that not every movie needs to be about black trauma we don't need to see a single mom we don't need to see slaves like you know black history starts before slavery it just yes I <laughs> no it makes me so mad because there's so many movies where sure there was a black lead but it was like they had to be black because yeah. they're playing Martin Luther King Jr you know what yeah, I mean yeah. they're either playing this like important black person or they're playing a criminal it just is like it uh, yeah I know. I'm like, we just need. I'm gonna pour some more wine for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just need an original script that has yeah. nothing to do with anything, and we have black leads. It could be a rom com. Oh my gosh, I would love. Actually, there was one um, called The Photograph with Issa Rae, which is really beautiful. I love her. Oh, that is like in my mind, that's my best friend. Issa Rae and Palmer, like those are like those are my best friends in my mind. But I, you know, she has a movie, like a romance movie, where it's just about black love. Like it's not about cheating, and you know, all the it's just it's like like it's just beautiful. And we need more stories of like that, of like just existing as black people, and like not like right now TikTok like book talk is a big thing, and like everyone's like now like um, posting about black books that are just about black people, and like. And I'm like, wow, yes, I love to read. But also, I don't care about reading, you know, about Jonah with his hazel eyes and long brown and curly hair and, you know, golden skin. I'm like, okay, I'm not, that does nothing for me. Like, I'm not, I, I now want to close the book because that's not attractive to me. And so I'm like, I have no, like, you know, you want to feel a tie to these characters. And I'm like, ah, we could have gone, we could have just 
skip the description, but you know, whatever. But you know, now book talk is like, here are all these black author authors that have all these black characters that, you know, are showcasing black love in a healthy way and not this traumatic, like whatever. Yeah. No, that is so cool. And so needed. It is definitely getting better just in all the forms of art. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was like how you're describing with the death films before, like there might've been black movies that didn't have to do a trauma but they were like poor quality and they didn't yeah, have the budget exactly. and right. so it's like oh that's not a very good movie it's like well yeah they did not have they gave us half the budget of you know whatever not even half probably like <laughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah so or like there was no marketing or whatever so well wait did you see nope not yet okay because so when it first came out, I kept getting like mixed reviews and I'm like, okay, I, I'm not understanding if this is good or not. Um, so I'm actually seeing it on Sunday because Sunday's the first day where I have nothing to do. And so I'm like, okay, I want to be there where everyone keeps saying like, you need to like pay attention. Like don't go when like you have a lot going on because one of those, you know, movies where you have like focus. So I'm going on Sunday because, and I'm really excited because I just, one, I love Kiki Palmer. I love that whole like, fantasy you have I'm like this is gonna be great but I keep hearing mixed reviews so I'm like oh I don't even I want to have too high hopes and I'm disappointed um but I don't want to like have no hope for this movie because my best friend Kiki Palmer is in this your BFF well keep your hopes where they're at just okay. go in with no expectations <laughs> uh, I freaking loved it like I thought okay. it was so amazing and if you do if you are into the sci-fi ufo situation and kiki i think you'll love it because okay she was fantastic and but i just think that's such a good example i mean of course it's jordan peele so he like has themes about race for sure but like way 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 more subtle than you know get out or uh, obviously get out Uh, (laughs) like us um yeah so this one was kind of what we're describing like it's like just a story and anyone could have played those roles yeah that's that's what I'm excited to see if like yeah anyone could play these roles but you pick this black character to play or black actress or actor to play this role and it just makes it that more important to the black community yeah I'm excited to see it I'm gonna text you Sunday after I watch it it reminds me of a quiet place have you seen that yes have I yeah so good I will yeah I oh, you're going to love it because I don't like horror where it's like demon possessed stuff or yeah, like yeah. a lot of gore. Like, I don't know that kind of thing, but I really like sci-fi stuff, <laughs> like yeah. sci-fi suspense thriller type. No, I love horror, like to the point where like, if it's a horror movie and if I'm not in my bed seeing with the light on, it's a waste of my time. Like I'm going to be pissed off. I want to come home and be like, shit. I can't go to sleep like that that's that to me I like that was a good horror movie. that's what you want yeah what's the point of going to a horror movie and I'm not scared like, I want to come home and being like having every light on in my house and being like and falling asleep and being terrified to fall asleep that sounds like my worst nightmare like I just can't <laughs> if it gets to that point I watched like um Psycho and I don't know some other really weird movies like that and I have to watch them on Saturday at 10 a.m. <laughs> because otherwise no. I won't. Okay, do you like true crime? Like, you know, like murder mysteries and things like that? Um, I like them. I like them fine. But some some of it is pushing the edge where I want to watch it during the day. <laughs> oh, uh, no. That is like my go-to. Like when I go to bed, I watch like a true crime documentary. 
Oh, I could not do that. No, no, no. no I mean, no. now I thought, now I feel like I'm crazy. <laughs> no, you're not. No, there's, I feel like uh, the, the I, true crime industry is like booming. Yeah, that is like, like, that is like my, my therapist. I mean, we, we joke of like, when we had a hard session, she's like, go ahead, get you a nice burger and put on it's a murder documentary. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do to calm down is to watch murder. But <laughs> I love how that's comforting. Yeah. I don't know the reason why. I should probably unpack that, but that is always like my comfort. Either I'm watching the parent trap or I'm watching a murder documentary. Just two extremes. It, two extremes. That's it. Yeah. Or I'll throw in the notebook in there sometimes, but those are my three of like, all right, how do I need to unwind? Extremely light comedy or dark, <laughs> dark <laughs> murder. Dark murder. And I just, yeah. And I love when I do like the interviews of the murderers that blows my mind every time. Oh man. I mean, it's fascinating <laughs> how someone can get to the point where they want to do that. You yeah, know, like, I just want to know like, what was your last straw? Like, what were you like, you know, fuck it, I'm killing them. Yeah. Are the people like insane or some of them you're like, yeah, I would have freaking. Yeah. Them. No, some of them I'm like, I, this makes sense. You know, I'm not saying I would yeah. murder someone. <laughs> My but question saying, is, some of that, yeah. Would you do that too? <laughs> I'm saying some of them have reasons where I'm like, okay, this, I, I can see how you got to this point. Some of them were like, you're fucking, you're a psycho. But some of them like, yeah, this, you know, I can see, or just like, you know, I'm really big of like trauma and like unpacking that. Like a lot of these murders have like this, like one guy, he was in LA. It was like the Night Stalker or something like that. Yes. yes. I heard about he him. Talked about how like his dad would like when he got in trouble as a kid would tie him to like a cross in the graveyard as in, like, oh my god so I'm like okay well yeah I would go murder people too but when I got older your 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 brain like it makes sense to me I'm like it makes sense of like how this trauma played a part of your life where like now you're murdering people totally like I think it's right 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 <laughs> not <laughs> justifying just it saying, but I can understand how his brain is now making him think that this is what he this is what he has to do. In a way, when someone gets to that point, they almost always went through some really intense trauma. Sure. Yes, oh my I God. don't think anyone is just born a murderer. Like they oh. they totally have to go through something like really intense, which is so sad. Yeah, no, I, I love agree. how it's like pitch black in here now. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, it got dark really fast. Yeah, you just watched the sun go down. Yeah, literally, I was like, I had to look over. I was like, is it dark over here? But I guess you have your light off and mine's on. Yeah, my light's <laughs> off and the window was open. So it was like really bright, but now it is very dark. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I will let you go to bed soon because I know it's late over there. Oh, it's fine. I took but two naps today. <laughs> two? <laughs> yeah, well, I woke up really early to take my dog for a walk or like walk slash run um and then I was like ah I don't have to log on yet so I laid in bed to watch some tv and then fell asleep and then you know to get an afternoon nap your work from home life sounds a lot like my work from home life yeah it's really really great I could not imagine going back into office there's just no there's no way like I right now I'm contract my contract's about to be up in a couple months and so I'm like looking for other jobs and I'm just like there's just no way I can go into office no way. Zero way. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Just the five day a week thing. That's, that's the next thing to go. Work from home yeah. is a great pivot. Excellent pivot. 
Yes. Now we need to work on only working like three days a week. <laughs> I agree. My job now we have every other Friday off and is life changing. Like Sorry, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, you turn your light on. I just leave you. <laughs> you're, you're like, anyways, I'm done. <laughs> I just get up and walk out. <laughs> um, yeah, my job now we have every other Friday off, and I'm like, how do I now go to a job where I'm working five days a week every week? Wait, you have every Friday off? Every we have every other Friday oh, off, other and then Friday. the Friday that we don't have off is like a no meeting Friday, so no one's like allowed to like put meetings on your calendar, and so you kind of just do your own thing. When I have four day work weeks, I get so much more done because I'm like, you know, I have Friday off. It's gonna be great. Like I'm excited. When I five totally days, agree. I'm like, you know, like oh, I still have four more days of this. You know, whatever. Yes, I agree. I actually took off uh, Monday and Tuesday, oh, and today I was just crushing it on work. And Bo was like, "Wow, you're really getting a lot done." I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I can do a three day work week. <laughs> I don't have a problem with three day work week. <laughs> I need to move to like Europe where this is like the norm where like people work like four days for like five hours and that's it. Yes, and have an hour and a half lunch break and they yeah. have nine weeks of vacation throughout the year. Yeah. They are living. Yeah, and here I am, you know, waking up at 8 a.m. to make sure I have time to walk my dog and make breakfast. I'm like, this sucks, which I shouldn't complain because I wake up at 8 a.m. People wake up at like 6, but whatever. No, it's it's a problem. Our work style in America that we've normalized, it's unhealthy. It really yeah, is. Yes. And it's not sustainable. Okay, well, this was so much fun. Yeah, I wish this was in person, but I'll see you I know. Soon. I know. Can't wait for you in California. Thank you so much for doing this. This is so much fun to have you on. I love you. Love you. I'm so glad that we are almost 10 years into this friendship. 10 years going on yeah, 100. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not just because I don't want to be alive that long, but yeah. <laughs> wait, that would be really long. I I'm like, no, we I... Were, I was thinking we were 10 years old. Like 10? <laughs> I'm like 110 yeah that sounds great I'm like no no no. I don't want to love you but I do not want to be friends for another 100 years okay he's not on the third 50 50 more years we'll put it we'll do that that's that's, that's doable yeah yeah okay we can do that we can okay do that. I'm like mm, 100 that's I hope I'm dead <laughs> love life but not that much <laughs> yeah but also take me out please I mean not well, anyways. <laughs> anyways, on that note, yeah. yeah. We'll end the podcast episode. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, love you. Thanks love so much you. for having me. And I can't wait to see you soon.